Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Well, this is Saturday Draft Live, and we are in the aftermath of what I think is the best WWE pay-per-view I've seen in a number of years. My my partner in crime, Scott McLeod, would you agree with that statement? I'd say it has a lot going for it, but for me with this pay-per-view, like the Rumble matches were the important thing, mm-hmm. so... In theory, lack of enthusiasm for some of the other matches really brought it down. But, you know, there was a lot to love, especially the outcome of the second rumble. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. Mr. Drew McIntyre, you know, Scott, you've had a a funny history with him, Mm draft-wise, you know. Uh, But, obviously, fellow countrymen, we're all happy uh, for Drew McIntyre here at this podcast. Uh, Who knows? Maybe we'll see another Scottish uh, Royal Rumble winner in the future, but this is, to borrow a phrase from the departing uh, from the the draft side of things, Sarah Gay for next season, a historic (laughs) moment in wrestling history. And I don't usually say that, you know, we are. But Drew McIntyre, well, we're going to start with Drew because... Our plan for today, we're not going to run through the top three for the week. We're running through the top three of the season because season three of the draft is over. We're running through the top three of the season and then we're running for our leaderboard. We'll let you know who has that all-important ESSR title opportunity. Scott, you ready to go? I'm ready to deliver me. Let's keep talking about Drew McIntyre because <laughs> due to the fact that he had an absolute beast of a Royal Rumble match, he shot right up the table. Drew McIntyre was the third uh, highest points getter this season. 62 points on the board. 62 points on the board, Scott. And I want you, I want you to just put that... I want you to put that in somewhat of a perspective for you. All right. He was a member of Team David Hockney. All right. <laughs> 62 out of 185 overall points for that team. That's a huge mm-hmm. chunk of his team's overall points. Drew McIntyre, we questioned. It was a bit aimless when we started this season. What do you think at the end of it? Like, obviously, on the road to WrestleMania, how high has his stock risen? Oh, immensely. Like, he said I had a mixed history on last time I chose him, and he, he didn't fare as well as I hoped he would, but I guess with some people it's just a matter of timing because we've talked a lot in like the Raw report where Drew was always featured on Raw and like big matches, he got a few enhancement matches here and there. So he was always made to look dominant, but it was just a case of where was he actually going? And yeah. thankfully the moment we've all been waiting for, that proper push to the main event for Drew that we've all been waiting for is coming. And I yeah. think, if anything, that made him, that shot him right up to the top of a must-get pick for anybody in Season 4. And that's the thing, where, like, this is the last episode of Season 3 where we're going into Season 4 from the time of recording, two days' time to our draft. I'm going to ask you for a prediction right now, Scott. Our first two picks are Alan McLucas and David Hockney. Stephen Wilson texts me. He gives me a wee message uh, last night at the Rumble, and he's like, Alan or Dave is picking Drew McIntyre in the first two picks. Do you think that's going to be the case? Oh, yeah. I mean, Alan, like, he's not afraid to pick, obviously, 
like people from Scotland, though he had Keely Ray and Gallus that yeah. really helped them in the last stretch of the, the draft, really shoot all that leaderboard. So I think, like not only just because Drew Scottish, but I think given that he'll be featured prominently in the lead up to me, and now that he is the winner of the Royal Rumble, so mm-hmm. and I think you'd probably be stupid not to if you're number one. You'd probably be an idiot not to, but like if he doesn't pick it, Hockney will quickly make him regret that mistake. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. That plays into my prediction. Our first two picks of the draft season four are going to be Drew McIntyre and Adam Cole, I think. I think if Drew, if, if Alan picks Drew McIntyre, David's going to keep going with Adam Cole. If uh, Alan picks uh, Adam Cole to mess with Dave, I think he's like, okay, fine. I've got Drew McIntyre then. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But that's my prediction for how the first two picks are going to go. We're going to go to someone now. Scott, and we're going to put these numbers in perspective. The reason I brought up like comparing one person's numbers to the overall team numbers is staggering here. Seth Rollins is number two for the season on mm. 68 and a half points. That is more than half of all of Team Visitor's points for the season with Gary Kernan. Now, first things first, very impressive from Seth. Uh-huh. Do you think he can keep it up in season four? And does this does this maybe tell us, yes, you do need a top guy like a Rollins, but you need to make sure the rest of your team is getting in those regular points as well? Uh, I think it definitely does, because if you've got him and Roman and there are a few other guys that are in their similar position in that even when they're not in the title picture, they will always have that prominent spot on the roster, no matter what type of feud they're in. And mm-hmm. I think as long as Seth's like, got this faction, like it's not really got a name, but mm-hmm. as long as he's got this faction, I think this faction is going to continue at least up until Mania. So yeah. I think they'll at least have some promo signs or your company that's ring. You know, he's one half of the tag team champions for now. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Seth, as long as he's still got this group around him, is still a valuable pick. That's the thing, though. Like, in Seth Rollins, Gary Kernan was not high up the pick the picking order last draft. Gary picked ninth. Now, that's a question for you, because obviously, me, myself and yourself, we're at the bottom half of this drafting table. Do, <laughs> could you see a possibility again that Seth Rollins slips through the cracks in this post-rumble era and comes to someone like myself, like yourself, like a Stephen Wilson eh, for a first-round draft possibility? I think the whole thing with Seth was, I believe this is around the time he lost the Universal title. He wasn't the most popular guy because... If he just wouldn't learn from his mistakes every time he went on Twitter. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of clouded quite a few people's judgment. And I think Gary swooped in and saw the opportunity. But I think now that Seth's actually doing somewhere that people are interested, he's given them a reason to boom. And that mm-hmm. in turn has made him more entertaining again. And yeah. he's also, again, part of the tie team champions, along with Barry Murphy, which is and to see how, that, how long that team lasts. So I think people might kind of smarten up and think, maybe there is some value in Seth this season. Well, and here's another stat for you, and we need to thank Carl Lord and Saviour Stephen Wilson <laughs> uh, for all of the analytics that he's given me over the past couple of weeks. But this fact for you, Scott, Seth Rollins has the highest average points tally per season of any wrestler over the history of ESSR's fantasy draft with 59.67 points on average per season. That's over all three seasons. All three seasons he's been picked. His sum of points is higher than any other wrestler of 179 points over the three seasons. That is a winning team in its own. That Mm -hmm. is a winning team in its own. So 
I'm I'm going to be very interested to the Seth Rollins factor because there's a lot of hot names right now. Obviously, after last night, Drew McIntyre, Charlotte Flair, even the rated R superstar Edge, you know, coming back in. There's a lot of names that are hot floating about. Seth Rollins, I think, could be one people sleep on. And if there's one thing that doesn't lie, Scott, because you know the goat lies, it's the numbers. <laughs> they do not lie. And it would be a tr- I would I'm chomping at the bit. I'm actually chomping at the bit to see if we if Seth Rollins falls that low um, in the rankings here. But we'll just we'll just need to see. Uh, we'll obviously just need to see what happens um, with Rollins. But like I said, more than uh, half of Gary Kernan's overall points uh, for the season. So we'll get into that just a bit later. Number one is no surprise. Um, it is Roman Reigns, 70 points for the season. We always knew it was going to be a very strong pick for Stephen. Mm-hmm. What I will say to you is this. Do you now, because we were very questioned, we were questioning Stephen's strategy at the start of the season. Do you think now the strategy was a commendable one and probably just unlucky that Roman Reigns alone wasn't enough to take Stephen to the very top? I think the thing with Roman is, like I said, with Seth, he'll always have that position. So at least have the consistent appearance points. Mm-hmm. I think the thing with Roman was, even at the start of the season, there were rumours he was going to win the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And you got to think that last ditch effort, that last like surge of points for a Rumble win mm-hmm. was playing in Stephen's mind. And it was a good strategy because obviously we, Drew is one of the guys you wanted to win. But deep down in your heart, you wondered, would they actually pull the trigger? Because they've got mm-hmm. a proven track record of always pushing Roman, so like you can see where Stephen was coming from. It just means that things may have changed, like the yeah. direction was. And I'll tell you that I don't like to compliment Stephen Wilson at all. It goes against every fibre of my being. <laughs> um, but I will say Roman Reigns, Stephen picked fifth in the draft, and when you look at Roman Reigns slipping that far, he must have been like, "Oh, if I'm on Clyde Nine right now. This is probably Plan A," you know. And I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Wilson goes into tomorrow hoping by Jesus, I hope Roman Reigns somehow slips to me, you know, but I will compare uh, Stephen's top two picks to the top two picks a team go, which is my team, because I didn't have the strongest captain in Wyatt, but my combined top two of Wyatt and Bailey actually surpasses the points um, of Roman Reigns and Britt Baker, you know? So, like I said, it's about strength and depth, and that's something people are going to have to, you know, talk about uh, or think about, rather, when we get to Wednesday. Any more thoughts on Roman Reigns specifically? Something that's interesting, I just remember there, uh, I do believe Roman is Ross's first uh, male pick as chosen on last week's show. He is, isn't he? Oh, but I forgot that. Remember. So, oh. I think Ross may have uh, got a bit luckier because I think, you know, there's always a chance that Roman's going to continue this with Van Corbin as much as we don't want to see that happen and Despite not winning the Rumble, the whole rumoured Fiend Roman match at WrestleMania could still happen. I don't think it's a match that you necessarily need the Rumble win to have. have. Hey. You can still make him earn the shot. But mm-hmm. if you he don't even he... need that, the Rumble win. Like, think yeah. about what events we've got coming up. Elimination Chamber win will be yeah. a point getter. You know? So, whatever method he has to do to earn the shot, he's going to be made to look strong. He's going to have to get some big wins to earn his place in the Universal. Title match, and then the build will get all quite a few appearance points. So, Ross, uh, you know, got himself, uh, he's failed in the Clyde and come out with that salmon in his mouth. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, gee, well, we'll get to your brother later on. But you are, you are his brother, so you know him better than anyone. I'm going to ask you this question. Road to WrestleMania, two of WWE's top stars, the two covers of their video game. Who does he put as his captain? Roman Reigns or Becky Lynch? I think if I were us, I think the smart choice would be Roman Reigns again because of the consistency of Roman. Mm-hmm. And plus, no matter if, whether or not Charlotte chooses Becky or Becky fights somebody else at Mania, I think given that she goes into Mania's champion, it'll be a year that she's held that belt. Yeah. She's more likely to lose, whereas Wyatt has finally had a decent length frame with a major world title, even if he loses at Mania. So, mm-hmm. And they want Roman, they finally come back, get that feel-good moment, getting back to that universal title they never officially lost. So yeah. I think knowing WWE, there is a better chance that Roman wins. So you get a big championship win at WrestleMania plus the captaincy points. That could really be the fact, determined factor in Ross for the end of season four. So listen, for all you yeah, people, listeners out there, we are finally going to reveal the, the final standings for season three. And let's not play down the importance of it. Remember, the winner of a draft season um, basically becomes the number one contender for the ESSR title the next time they are on a show with the champ. Um, or if they choose, they can come on Saturday Draft Live with myself and Scott McLeod and they get a title opportunity at the ESSR belt, which is what we've seen in the past um, with myself challenging Stephen Wilson uh, for mm-hmm. the title. Stephen Wilson at, um, unsuccessfully challenging um, Jack Graham for the title on this very show. So... Listen, we'll see who gets that shot, but number 10, as much as we love her, Stacey, Stacey Smith, mm-hmm. 10th place, you know, and I don't want to say too much about Team Line Lover, but when you have Finn Balor as your first pick and Angelico as your third, something's going to go wrong. I do think that the main person that Stacey Smith wants to pick and possibly just promote to a captain next season is Alistair Black, wouldn't you agree, Scott? Yeah, definitely. Need to try, but like, <laughs> I love her. God I love her. You don't know what to say, but Alistair Black, Scott, let's look at that. Alistair Black was Stacey's last pick <laughs> last season. I don't think he's going to slip that far. If she wants to keep Alistair Black, needs to be on her toes a wee bit with him. Um, in ninth, we have the brave little toaster, the air-based roaster, as Jack Graham. Um, with <laughs> Mr. Jack Graham, God love him. God bless him with smells like team spirit. Again, lessons learned, Scott. Ricochet, not a first-round pick. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, as it says, it's it's not a first-round pick. I mean, for the most part, and up until the last few weeks, he was doing very well for his first season. Whereas, I think, like you said, lessons learned for your first season in the last few weeks. Yeah, and I hear that he's got an actual uh, bounty out in Sasha Banks. So for more on that, go to his Twitter page. <laughs> um, at number eight for the season is is quite a surprising one. Um, the last few weeks we sort of saw it coming. The start of the season, we were very high in his team. It is your brother, it is Ross McLeod with the only picks that matter. I think the story of this team, Scott, is, is twofold. The OC not getting as high as maybe uh, Ross thought he was with the emergence of Seth Rollins' new stable. They're the premium heel stable on Raw. And also the AEW factor, Kenny Omega and MGF not performing particularly as well as they maybe could. Yeah. I mean, watching the Rumble, Ross is probably the only person that pops when Gallows and Anderson came out because you know that was an extra point for him. 
he was the only one in the world that popped. Like, they're not in the arena, not in Scotland, no matter where. And uh, basically, the only person in the world that popped uh, to see Gallows and Anderson that night. Uh, at number seven, uh, we have, like we said, we say goodbye to her for season four. So we'll be back in season five. It is Sarah Grieve with Team Historic. I had some harsh criticism for her early on. However, the likes of picks like Rhea Ripley, Braun Strowman, and even AOP, and we've seen Ilya Dragunov at Worlds Collide, have managed to push her from the very bottom of the table up to a respectable seventh this season. Scott, do you think this is the best Sarah could have hoped for? I think so, considering like it felt like quite sad to the point where we kept saying number 10. So it came to a point where you almost felt bad, but you're all, all you're doing is really just reading the numbers as they are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fact that she's now decided to go away, all I can think is we should just now play the sad going away song from the end of Hulk. That's all, that's all I've got in my head now. I want yeah, to play the one from Bear in the Big Blue House, the goodbye <laughs> song with the moon. Uh, like we said, to say that a very good draft competitor, um, she does have a plan in her head. It wasn't just that she was like picking people she liked as a criticizer. She has a good, she's a very intelligent uh, woman. She is a smart draft competitor and I look forward to seeing her back in season five, obviously making way for Daniel Campbell this season. So we'll see how he does. Um, we move on from say that seventh to number six. It, is, it was my boys. It was Team Vistara with Gary Kernan. Um, Seth Rollins, just not a good enough draft performance to rocket Gary up the table. Um, in the last week, he just hasn't done a, a loss for Daniel Bryan. Uh, Io Shirai not picking up the win in NXT. Dakota Kai doing nothing in the Rumble. Chad G- uh, Shorty G, rather, losing to Sheamus. And he had the Kabuki Warriors as a tag team, um, which I think will be a lesson for next season, possibly. Might be better as a tag team when they're focusing on tag team title feuds. Obviously, Asuka's single feud. He didn't get points for that, really, unfortunately, Scott. So, just a case of hard lines for Gary, I think. Yeah, it's quite unfortunate that he, uh, it's quite surprising actually that he's he's that he's in that position because every now and then it felt like in the season he just suddenly creep up towards the top and then slip back in again. So I thought he would have finished a bit higher than six. And it, it actually, it's another mid-table season for him. He finished mid-table again last season. It was fifth or sixth he finished uh, in season in season two. So we'll see. He, he has a good ground in Gary. You just feel he's missing maybe that wee bit of luck. Maybe that bit of like one of his competitors to get a mega push and then he's in grounds maybe to potentially put forward a really good challenge next year. Um, at number five, we have, um, as Team It's My Podcast, it is Stephen Wilson. Coming in at fifth, the, the great gamble hasn't quite paid off. He couldn't retain uh, the draft title. Not much more to say about Stephen Wilson, but always someone to be feared in the draft, Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Again, the top five, you know, just it'd be the same people, just a different order. So, like for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, realistically, right up until the end, especially with Roman and all the rumors of Roman's Rumble win, as we talked about earlier, he was always a threat throughout this season. And if Roman had won the Rumble, could have been a completely different story. Uh, all the respect in the world for Stephen Wilson. If there's anyone who should win, it's the guy who does the numbers every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we'll see. Obviously, he's well-learned. He knows what he's doing. He's well. Uh, so I'm very interested to see the team and the strategy because uh, we all know Stephen Wilson is about the strategy, what we go for next season. Uh, dropping to four, a guy who he's had a very fluctuating season. Um, you know, it, it's Alan McLucas. Uh, you had him on last week, Scott. He, he <laughs> did a great job. Uh, and co-piloting the show last week uh, Alan McLucas with the Elite this season Alan McLucas's record uh, for the first three seasons now looks second in the first season, fourth in the next two, 
However, looking at Stephen Wilson's stats uh, from last week, Alec McLucas is actually the most consistent performer in draft history. Um, and if you look at his median points average, his average points a- average, he is very near the top of that table. Um, he really has a bad season. So with Alec Lucas' number one pick, obviously you got to gauge him a bit more last week, Scott. Mm-hmm. Is this Alan's season perhaps in season four? I think Alan definitely has the potential given that he's got the number one. But he said that doesn't always guarantee like a great team, as we've seen in the past. Like Sarah didn't mm-hmm. really win season two. She had number one pick, so... It comes like, with pressure. With pressure, it comes with it. I think the fact that he may have learned a few things this season, because given how we knew talked about him and his team on our first episode, I don't think we could have foreseen him finishing in the top five. So I yeah. think that's I think the NXT UK picks really paid off towards the very end, like the season with like the World Cup NXT UK. So I think he's learned to have a long term goal when you're heading into this. And Alan, uh, just like you know, my, I, I have eaten my hat. I now look, no longer have a hat. Fair play <laughs> to you, sir. Fair play. All right. Um, and then we get to a, a team um, who I'm, I'm more attracted to than uh, Hindi, Hindi commentator Obeyed um, on the <laughs> WWE Network. It is Team Goal. Um, I'm very happy with a third place finish because I was topping the table for a long time, Scott. The closer we got to the Rumble, it became clear that Rey Mysterio was falling out of favour. Sammy Guevara and the Lucha Brothers were not really doing much. All my hopes were resting on Bray Wyatt and Bailey retaining their titles, which they did. And it was a good Rumble for Alexa Bliss, basically, to put me into this position. So, I'm happy. Do you have anything to say on Team Goal? I mean, considering that you're our former season, like, draft season winner, I think finishing third isn't really the worst result. I think it shows that, like, You've still like got some good. You're still good at making picks for as far as putting a team together. But I think it's just a case of like some people like that may have fallen out of favor, or some people may go off pace that you didn't expect. And I'm not. I'm unhappy with my bottom picks. Like the tag team, I'm unhappy with. I'm unhappy with Sammy Guevara. See the other four. I can't say I was unhappy with them. It's just that other people picked better. You know, so I'm happy with third. And one of those people who picked better was it was yourself, Scott. Um, it was yourself with the Glasgow Cali 44s. Um, a very, very strong season for you. Um, obviously, you seen your big man Keith Lee come out last night. You seen Shayna Baszler come out last night. Those were two things you were banking on. Uh, those guys ending strong and having that sort of arc over the course of this season. So uh, you must be happy considering you've talked a lot um, that you've never finished in the top half in the draft before. You've yeah. always finished in the bottom five. So for you, this must be a landmark season and must fill you with confidence going into the next one. This is basically pretty much my redemption story in this draft. <laughs> and from that table, I've learned a few things that will hopefully take me much further and put me right up in that number one position next season. Out of the two, I think the Shane Basil one at the time was very, very frustrating given that she tied with Bianca Willer for the most eliminations in a single women's rumble. Mm-hmm. And she was so close. Like Charlotte was dangling and she was standing behind her and I was yelling at Stephen Selfish and knee her in the back of the fucking head. <laughs> One swift knee and she's gone. <laughs> like it was seemed so simple and but Julie, that would have really I think catapulted me right at the top and like the fact yeah. that it maybe got so close and then just slipped away is think- gonna be very frustrating. I think you've got to look at it as if if John Moxley had just gotten that world title shot a bit sooner, 
Yeah. Shayna Baszler had won the Rumble if Keith Lee was in longer. For Andy Orton, uh, maybe one or two more eliminations, it could have been a different story for you. So, at, like I say, again, hard lines, but our winner, and uh, the dark days are upon us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, dark days indeed. Our winner of the draft, season three here at ESSR, is David Hockney with Team Knack Queen Cole, team of Adam Cole, Charlotte Flair, Drew McIntyre, Shinsuke Nakamura, Nyla Rose, and the Viking Raiders. <sighs> Scott, what do you have to say? I don't, I don't hate David Hockney. I hate the idea that he has, that he's the best. <laughs> because it seems like he just, he just can't seem like... I felt like I'd settled this. I thought we'd once I'd won that rumble because I thought we were past. I thought I'd just stepped above, just above him in terms of quizzes and the amount of titles I won. And now he's came up and won the draft, and I'm pretty sure he won the sweep as well. Oh, that's something to talk it, about because which he won, which I know he won't probably shut the up about. <laughs> this is something to talk about now. David Hockney, five-time ESSR champion has won this sweep in the end very decisively because the question marks that we had in Team Hockney proved to absolutely just dominate at the Rumble. Charlotte Flair winning the women's, Drew McIntyre winning the men's. The, the, when you boil it down to that fact, David Hockney in rounds what, uh, two and three had absolute steals in the last draft. Charlotte mm. Flair and Drew McIntyre, there is no way that they are surviving at rounds two and three this time. And this mm. is what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily about who you think is the most exciting person at the time. You need to look forward. You need to look forward to who's going to get that push of the Rumble. This, in this case, who's going to get that push by WrestleMania? Who's going to get the title match? And all credit where credit's due to David Hockney. He did that. And he deserved to win the draft this season. So fair play, David Hockney, look at his progression. Fourth in season one, third in season two, First in season three, he's going to need to get taken off um, of this high horse in season four by someone. You need to see who it is. I mean, what's so frustrating is Ross laid out me. I was like two or so points behind him in the actual sweep. So mm-hmm. if I could just have got a few points, we would have had me versus Dave yet again. Jesus, the, man. In his draft shot. And you know, you're, it's fight forever at this like, point between you two. We are destined to fight forever, not in the fun way. And the why won't you just stop? Yeah. You leave me up one way. That's and it's like, that. it's fairly interesting that he's somehow got this draft shot and won the sweep. And we're also less than a week away from crowning our first of two spare change in the tin holders for this year. With a square goal coming up. <sighs> I'd love nothing more. Mm-hmm. I'd love nothing more. And with that, I want to give us. Not a preview for the draft on Wednesday. I want to give us the reality of the draft on Wednesday. Because a couple of things have happened, Scott, that have got me thinking. First off, we had your idiotic brother, (laughs) uh, Ross, on last week, talking about how he's too busy uh, to be making his picks with everyone else. He gets his first three picks at random. He takes the first three picks at the end. I just want to tell you, Ross, I really don't care because it's not all about Ross McLeod. And you can do whatever you want. But the fact of the matter is, I'm drafting from 10th. And when I first came into this podcast, no one knew who the fuck David Campbell was. No one knew what the GOAT was. No one knew the GOAT was a thing. No one gave a shit 
about me. And for me drafting at number 10, I don't think there is a better position for me to be in. Because for once again, I'm climbing at the bottom. David Hockney overtakes me in the ESSR title rankings. Now he has five titles, I only have four. I haven't won one in a very, very long time and it's made me hungry. So I'm giving a challenge to every single person that's coming for this draft in season four. You're not getting the polite host of Saturday Draft Live, David Campbell. You're not getting the guy who hosts diversity shows and tries to be all nice. You're getting the motherfucking goat on Wednesday. You're getting the guy who wants to win this more than anyone else. So when you step in there, I don't want nice guy David Hockney. I want the guy who nearly breaks down when he loses David Hockney. I don't want Scott McLeod, who's my friend on this show. I want Scott McLeod, who wins every quiz at every opportunity and won't stop until he gets it. I want Stephen Wilson with the ego and the pride that he did to win the draft in season two. I want Ali McLucas, who's got a chip in his shoulder and a point to prove. I want Jack Graham to come up in my face, slap me down to the floor and tell me that I was wrong by winning. I want Gary Kernan to finally rise above that mid-table rank and I want Stacey Smith to take back a title that she's had more times than anyone could imagine before. So everyone better bring it on Wednesday because if you don't, I'm going to eat you alive. That's all I have to say here on Saturday Draft Live, Scott. Well, David, and and first reach and you're right. You and I have our ups and downs over last year. We've proven that we will stab each other in the back to get that ESSR title. And David Hockney, this thing between you and I is clearly far from over. You took the title from me. You somehow robbed me of my draft victory. Now, I am just one away from double digits. Something no one else could have thought. Although I didn't think I could do for the end of 2018. Whenever he was slagging me for 44, all the while I was getting up title win after title win, sweep, quiz win, one after another. And I will crack double digits sooner rather than later. As my goal is something I will make sure nobody can even touch the amount of title reigns that I've got. And if David Hockney, if you, David, and if anybody else in the podcast and in the draft has a problem with it, please, as a great poet once said, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough, because I'm like a honey badger, I'll gnaw your bastard face off. (laughs) See you on Wednesday, bitches.